Caleb believes that Tennessee is uniquely positioned in a positive manner for a 12-team playoff. And I want him to share that with us. Josh's appearance brought to you by Dynasty Pools and Spas. I'll tell you more about them. Mention Off the Hook Sports. Get $500 off. So, Caleb, set this up for me because I want to get Josh's take. So, Josh, I wrote a column about this about two days ago. And, you know, the whole the long-term saying has always been offense wins games, defense wins championships. And that has always rung true in college football more than anywhere else because in college football, offensive-minded teams are typically more guilty than not of stumbling to an inferior opponent at some point in the regular season that costs them a title. I mean, I brought up uh, Steve Spurrier. How often did Steve Spurrier in Florida lose to one really bad team that they shouldn't have lost to during the 90s? He only had one undefeated regular season. I mean, heck, the year Peyton Manning played for the SEC title was only because Florida lost to LSU when LSU was not good that year. And I said that would be the danger of Tennessee under Josh Heupel. It happened when they lost to South Carolina in 2022, even though we all knew they were better than South Carolina. I said the benefit of a 12-team playoff is that one loss for offensive-oriented teams like Tennessee is not going to be devastating anymore. It's not going to keep you out of the playoff. And once you get to the playoff, you have an offense that is very inconvenient for teams to have to worry about on a week-to-week basis in a 12-team playoff when they're thinking of, okay, we'll play a pro-style Michigan one week. We'll play a defensive-focused Georgia one week. Oh, now we got to run into Tennessee that's going to go run tempo the whole time, and it's going to totally throw us off our game. It's like the team in March that is just shooting red-hot from three that makes a run. So my argument is because of Tennessee's offense, they're positioned to overcome an upset loss here or there that's natural in the regular season because the playoff is 12 teams, and they're positioned in the playoff to beat teams that may be better than them because they're such a difficult team to prepare for when they're playoff caliber team. My moving company doesn't have as much to unpack as that. Josh, would you like to tackle it? Well, I do think those are fair points. Like with Tennessee's offense, yeah, that's going to be a challenge for anybody to try to prepare for. The postseason will offer a little more time. You have several weeks to get ready for that opening game as opposed to going Saturday to Saturday. So that will help the opposition. The stumbling block part, that that also is true. I just don't know that that's unique to Tennessee. Most teams stumble. That's how it works in college football and sports. Good teams lose to teams that are not as good as them. Does it happen more often for a team that's built the way Tennessee is? Perhaps, but I think that also can come back to overall talent like Tennessee doesn't have Georgia talent where it's trying to avoid a stumble it has good talent better talent than a lot of its opponents so I don't think your points are wrong I'm not sure how unique that is for Tennessee I think what you just said could apply to Ole Miss or if Missouri is able to still play at a high level can maybe apply there because they'll be favored in a lot of their games and they have a a much more favorable schedule so if they stumble they can still be okay but it doesn't mean that it the the new setup and the way Tennessee is built can't benefit from the new system. I'm just I'm not sure how unique it is for Tennessee compared to the competition because I think typically if we're not talking about Georgia or where Alabama has been, Ohio State stumbles against inferior competition should be expected. Okay, Josh, let me. Let me throw this at you, and a lot of our listeners slash viewers are just going to be like, Dave, you're crazy. I think 
the college football playoff loves Tennessee because of their style of play. They love Tennessee because there's so much tradition. Uh, they love Tennessee because it's a newish story. It's not like Alabama or Georgia. They've been dominating for a long time. I would argue that we've already seen the college football playoff show a little bit of favoritism uh, to Tennessee. I understand finishing behind Alabama in 2022 is a sticking point, but I, I do believe that the college football playoff, if, if Tennessee's a 12 or 13 and Iowa, for instance, is the other 12 or 13, I think you'd rather have Tennessee in there because of their exciting offense. And let's face it, they're a more exciting program than an Iowa. Do you think that helps Tennessee? Yeah. Um, like if, if it's this past season's Iowa, I think that Iowa team actually probably just gets bumped back to like 18. I, I don't, I know what their record I'm not was. Taking the, I'm not taking these yeah. teams just as far as a program. Yeah. Um, I mean, that Tennessee Alabama point for 2022, though, is a real knock on what you just said, though, because they yeah. ranked Bama ahead of Tennessee. And there's also the injury to Hinton Hooker that would factor in. Uh, if you lose your quarterback, you're going to get knocked. Happened to Tennessee, happened to Florida State. Florida State was exciting. That's a big name that was back in the playoff discussion. And they got bumped out of the playoff because their quarterback was injured. So, I, again, I'll say that I think that helps Tennessee. I just, I'm not sure how much. Like, if it's Tennessee, if it's Tennessee against a couple of other SEC counterparts, I think it'll come back to what are their resumes? They're not going to take one SEC team over another because one is more exciting than the other. I think they're going to take which team they think is more deserving. The, the playoff room is a bunch of people from around the country that I'm not sure really care about what we're talking about as much as we care what we discuss. So like when people were talking about the 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 bias toward Alabama, I looked at the room of the college football playoff committee and I couldn't figure out who would have any personal interest in seeing Alabama have success and get favoritism. Like it didn't what was being said didn't make sense. What was more likely is it was the bias against Alabama from people who didn't want them in. They were saying, oh, it must be other people that are biased. That's the funny thing about college football bias is uh, we have our own sets of biased thoughts that make us think that the opposite of, of that is also being considered on the other side. So I think what Tennessee needs to do is go be competitive in 12 games and probably win 10 of them, maybe go nine and three, but nine and three is risking it. Nine and three is a, a big risk if if you have that record and if you do, you better have a shot to win all three of those games that you don't win. I still think that's what it's going to come down to. I don't think that Josh Heupel's offense being exciting, but them having been blown out twice is going to do anything for Tennessee. So Tennessee needs to avoid stumbles against clearly inferior teams because that was the other thing that really hurt in 2022, not having Hendon Hooker, but also getting destroyed by a not good South Carolina team. That was problematic. When you lose by 25 to South Carolina, you lose by 29 to Missouri. You lose by two scores to a Florida team that doesn't reach a bowl game. You do that next year, I don't think they're going to care that you're exciting nine other weeks. Good point. But, but Josh, I guess that's where I met is, right, they're, they're a little bit less talented, but, you know, as offensive-built teams, again, I go back to Spurrier with eight, eight out of 12 years at Florida, and he had this dynasty at Florida in the 90s, but eight out of 12 years, he lost two regular season games. So I get what you're saying where elite teams stumble. I mean, Alabama, 
I think Nick Saban was good for once. Every national championship team he had, he stumbled to an inferior opponent at least once during the season that whole time. Yeah. But I feel like offensive teams kind of can be more uniquely positioned to stumble more than once, at least from me kind of tracking them over the years. And so I, I do think when you're built by offense, I mean, you know, let's call it what it is. Bad, bad weather day that slows your offense down and that could result in you stumbling for a day. You know, Mike Leach, I, I think he, he had a really good playoff caliber team in 2020, 2018 at Washington state. And they stumbled because they played Washington and it snowed. And that's, I guess that's where I met with offensive teams. There are more varying factors that can lead you to stumbling as an offensive team than as a defensive team in college football, even though defensive teams still, still do some stumble. Tongue twister. Well, how, how many teams are truly defensive teams now? The ones who win national championships. Yeah. <laughs> Georgia, no, 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 Michigan, no, like, what, Alabama. Like the, the, the teams recently that have won national championships were dominating on offense. Georgia but was I dominating. Think, on, they're, they're great on both sides, but I like the idea that Georgia was just built on defense, that's not what happened. LSU in 2019 was out of this world. Alabama in 2020 was out of this world. So... I, like just built on offense, yeah, you're going to stumble because that means you're not that good of a, a team. That's what that means. If you're if you're elite, if you're among the elite teams, then you're less likely to stumble because you're a great team. If you're just built on offense, but you're saying uh, that you don't have a very good defense, so that means you don't you just don't have a a very good team. So you're going to stumble whether your strength is offense or defense. Well, right? it's also the way. It, well, also think about the way you start your practice. Really hard. Right, but I, I would say, and, and Dave can actually attest to this, uh, can jump in too, but again, the reason I bring up Spurrier is the way you structure your practice. I mean, uh, Josh Heupel is considered the modern-day Spurrier, and both were much more, you know, they're, they're more focused in the week of practice on making sure things get right on offense and just make sure the defense be complementary. How, how about we, for a second, tweak offensive with physical? Okay, even though Georgia... Yeah. I mean, I think that's the difference. And I know that Josh Heupel is steadfastly against um, fighting in practice, which used to be a once-a-month occurrence when I covered football practice. So I'm not saying that makes you less physical or less soft. I actually think there's a lot to be said uh, for it. But, Josh, I think physical might be a better word than defensive in this era in which offenses are giving so many advantages because of the rules. Yeah, uh, Tennessee needs like Lance Hurd coming in. I think the the biggest strength I've heard about him is that Run he play. plays mean. That he would cause fights in practice at LSU because he'd play through the whistle. That's what you want to hear. He's very talented. He's a big guy. He's a five star prospect a year ago. But the way that he plays, I think not having Cooper Mays out there. We talk about how he runs the offense. That's probably the most important part. But the way that Cooper plays, the way that Javante Spragans plays. They need that kind of mindset on the offensive line. I'm also, again, I'm not saying um, that the points by Caleb are wrong at all. I'm just, ten Tennessee hasn't reached a level yet of talent to where we shouldn't expect stumbles. And yeah, I think that's, I don't think that's unique to Tennessee either. I think most fan bases, they look at what their team is and they see the upside and don't consider as much of the downside. I was, I was caught off guard earlier this week when I saw online the amount of Tennessee fans that were upset at Greg McElroy for giving Tennessee only a 15% chance of reaching the college football playoff. twelve Having a 12-team playoff is easier than four to get in. doesn't mean it's easy. 
still going to be a, a big, big task to get into the college football playoff. It's still going to take a lot to get there. And I, but we had a lot of, we had a lot of response because we ended up bringing it up on our show after I saw it. And a lot of people said, well, Tennessee can't do worse than nine and three. We were asked who, who's capable of beating Tennessee besides Alabama, Georgia, and Oklahoma. And it's like, who's capable? Well, this is college football. This is how it works. Like, as good as you are, you Georgia almost lost to Missouri two years ago. Didn't happen. But they were fortunate to get out of there with the win. And that team was dominant. But you can stumble. So Tennessee still needs to add more talent to make it less likely that some of those inferior teams don't get them. But you, like NC State, that could be a loss. I think Tennessee will be favored. I think Tennessee will win. But again, Florida last year. I know the history of the rivalry there, but that team was awful. And they yeah. beat Tennessee by 13 points. Josh, you know I respect you, but I thought 15% by McElroy was absolutely insane and low. Insane? He's, yeah. Go I talk to oddsmakers. Go talk, talk to odds. Like, I, I think it's a little lower than they're going to say, but yeah. the odds are going to be close to that number. I would say it's probably more like 25%, like a one. Well, I was going to say, okay, I was so going to say, how is that 30. insane? 15 to 25 I, I was going to say 30. So maybe it's not insane, but that's double the chances. He he said that he thinks Tennessee's most likely record is eight and four, maybe nine and three. And I'll bet you the majority, close to all odds makers out there, will say eight and four, nine and three is most likely, maybe 10 and two, which is exactly what Greg McElroy said. But I, I think there's also this. I think a lot of people fully expect that nine and three is in the playoff, and that's not true. Nine and three might get you in, but if you're going nine and three, as I mentioned a moment ago, you're going to need a little luck to get into the playoff, most likely.